0: Truly. Guys, what's happening? I don't know what to say to you. I don't know. I'll tell you what. Um, um, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. New year, start this year, just like every other year, at least as far as the Jets are concerned. Doesn't it suck? I'll tell you. You know, it's a tough one, man. This is a tough one. Uh, But, hey, here's what I always say. We got each other. Now, uh, some of us are losing our damn minds. We'll talk a little bit about that today. Uh, Some of us are losing our minds. Minds, and I don't know why. We're gonna we're gonna hit it head on. I'm going right head on today. We're gonna we're gonna slam our car directly into it head on. No chicken. We're not turning. We gotta commit to the crash. Uh, and let's see what happens. Uh, that all said, welcome to the show. I am Green Bean. This is episode 98 of Green Beans Jets Pod and I'm happy that you're here. I'm happy that I get to spend so much time with you guys. I I'd, I'd say 94% of you are Mwah! my ilk, salt of the earth, eh? salt of the earth. But uh there is a few of you, man. And and again, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about it, man. I've I've just about like the 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 logic. We got to talk about the logic, okay? See where we sit for real. Hopefully We can all come together again and realize nobody wearing these colors is your enemy. Not even on the field. Nobody wearing this is a guy you should be rooting against. See this? New York Jets. If we've chosen this damned organization then uh, there are proper ways to do things and there are just ridiculousnesses that I feel like far too many of us are subscribing to. 18-year-olds, 42-year-olds, 68-year-olds. Doesn't matter about the age, we've lost it. So guys, let's get right into this, man. Before I dive into the car crash of ideas, let's first say I'm sad. I'm sad today. I'm sad, man. You get a whole bunch of gifts from the NFL and you just can't You can't even show up, right? Doesn't, and that's the whole thing with all this. It's so incredibly frustrating and disappointing and feelings. I totally understand feeling sad. Obviously, I just told you I feel sad. Now letting sad become anger. I understand that too. I do frustration, aggravation, complete defeat. Confusion. These are all feelings that are, that are surrounding this team. This is tough. This is tough stuff, man. And we're going to dive in. We're going to talk about this game. We're going to talk about a player profile. We're going to get into some contracts. We have to start shifting gears. Now I'm not going to jump off the cliff right into mock draft season. Ugh. We made it to week 17, right? Before I talked about it. Which is pretty damn good. Considering. And we'll talk about why this is so disappointing. We really will. We'll talk about why. Because again. If you would have told me at the beginning of the season. Blah, 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 blah. It's not the beginning of the season. It's the end of the season. And there's reasons to be upset. There's reasons to be happy. We're going to talk about silver linings, guys. We're going to talk about the reality. What's good. What's bad. We'll get into all of it. Before I get there, I would like to remind you of a few short, simple things. One, don't forget to hit the like button if you get a chance. It's a big, big thing around these parts, and I appreciate it a great deal. On top of that, you can subscribe to the channel. I did not make my goal of 10000 for my two-year anniversary, which was New Year's Eve. We got damn close, man, just a tick over a buck twenty left. Uh, I'm still incredibly grateful. But if you're one of the people who have not had the opportunity to hit that subscribe button, now would be a great time. I would greatly appreciate it. We got to give away a few gifts: uh, the Manscaped Weed Whacker. I'm still waiting for you, the winner, to contact me, Manscaped Weed Whacker. And we even gave away a Manscaped. 4.0 lawnmower 4.0. And that brings me to the sponsor of our show today, which just so happens to be Manscaped. Now, guys, you know all about Manscaped. I don't have to tell you anything that you don't know, but it turns out that it is Happy New Year days. This is the brand new fresh year. And we want to remind you that the ball has officially dropped. But that doesn't mean that you have to drop the ball on your balls. It doesn't mean that now, does it? Whether you had a New Year's kiss or not, the leaders in Below the Waist Men's Grooming have you covered for your much-needed resolution of bringing sexy back. Is that one of your resolutions? It's mine. I'm bringing sexy back. It's got to come with a big fluffy white beard though. Is that, is that okay? Can, can it be sexy to look like this? I hope so. Well, Manscaped's going to help me join the seven million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. You go to manscaped.com. The link is in the description. Just go ahead and click it. I made it easy for you. Peruse, pick any products you'd like. If there's 10% off, if there's 20% off, go ahead. And get to the cart and you type in the promo code GREENBEAN and they will tack on 20% more off than the already low prices and some instances potentially sales going on on the website. Type the code GREENBEAN, you'll save 20% and that comes along with free international shipping. So for all of you guys out there in New Zealand, Australia, Malaysia, Ireland, the UK... We have South American listeners, Canadians, you guys are included too. If you'd like to take care of them, their balls, go ahead, click the link, use the promo code GREENBEAN, and the shipping is free from me to you. Thank you to Manscaped, huh? Let's have a toast for a new year, a new you with no pubes. That's the line they gave me. All right, there it is. New Year, no pubes. All right, Manscaped. Well done. So, guys, let's dive right into this podcast, right? We're going to jump in. We're going to do a shorter uh player profile this week. We got to talk about them, but we're going to do it a little bit different. I'm not going to tell you the back story. I'm just going to tell you if there's a front story. Is there a future for our player profile of the week? Number 98, none other than Sheldon Rankins himself. Can you imagine? Look at this. As you may or may not know, Sheldon Rankins has been with the Jets for two years. We signed him as a free agent coming off of his fifth year from the New Orleans Saints, uh, known as a big leader down there, right? We got him, uh, and he came over here. He's a first-round pick in 2016. He was the 12th overall pick. Now, You can make an argument that in 2021, he was a little bit of a disappointment. He was. This year, he's been pretty solid. Now, I'll tell you some stats uh, real quick for Sheldon Rankins in his Jets uniform this year. uh, It's it's a pretty good year for him. He's averaging about 49.4%, about... 49.4% of the snaps this year he has uh, played 494 snaps he's got 36 tackles 23 of which are solo tackles uh he has one forced fumble and three sacks when he was injured for those couple games we missed him you felt it he's a good player but let's talk about his contract guys so his, he's a free agent this year. The Jets have no connection to him one way or the other, as at least as far as in the future, right? He's an unrestricted free agent. And uh, just to give you some you know, an idea. He signed a two-year, $11 million contract with the Jets, which came with a $1,500 million signing bonus and $6 million guaranteed. Now he's going to get all of it. So he got the full $11 million. This year, his cap hit was $6.1 million. Last year, it was four point four. So in the event we keep him, he's going into his eighth year it would be his third year with the New York Jets, and he's one of the guys we got to make a decision on. As we know, Joe Douglas is gonna transition this year from a guy tearing the shit out of an organization and like recouping a whole bunch of capital to lay the foundational blocks, which he's done a very, very good job with, at least as far as talent. Uh wins, not so much. We'll talk about that. But as far as like looking at at, at young budding stars, the last two drafts. Are really full of them, uh, barring some injuries, of course, Brees Hall, AVT, and that sort of stuff. Um, but you know, 2020, you can make an argument. You know, those players' those stories aren't written yet. Back then, Ashton Davis, all those guys, Bryce Hall. But uh the the following drafts, pretty solid, man. But this year. He's still got to make picks and keep things going, of course, but he has to balance the budget. This is the first year that we're going to see Joe Douglas actually have to worry about, uh, you know, not having $80 million to spend and, and try to spend wisely. Now, the good news is he's been frugal to begin with. He's even had the moniker of being a cheapskate, right? A penny pincher, we've called our Joe Douglas. So that might bode well for us going into this uh phase of his gm career with the jets but where sheldon rankins comes in we're gonna have to make a decision does he need to get paid six million dollars a year eight million dollars is he looking for a raise well let's look at his stats as far as where he's come from now re remember he was a number one overall pick in 2016 2016 he had uh, uh four sacks 20 tackles the next year two sacks 26 tackles his Best year was in 2018, 8 sacks, 41 tackles, 26 solo tackles, and a forced fumble. Uh, then in 2019, 2 sacks, 9 tackles. Don't know exactly what happened there. He played uh, 329 snaps, so it wasn't like he wasn't there. It looks like about 10 games. And in uh, we know 2020, he had uh, 1.5 sacks and 20 tackles. So it's not like he's been blowing up the world, but he's solid, man, really solid. And again, he's known as a leader. He's a, he's one of the vet leaders, especially on the defensive line. Quinton Williams loves him and uh, looks to him for leadership. So he's kind of an important guy. But he's one of those guys. If he's asking for seven, eight million, we might not be able to keep him. We might not. So we got to see what Joe Douglas can do. If I had my druthers. I would prefer to see Sheldon Rankins come back. One of the things I'm really hoping to see going into next year, you know, for all of our warts and all the ups and downs and everything, it's time that we start keeping this team together. Every two years, we're changing the personnel. So for the last 15 years, that's just what we're doing. We we don't have the ability, in most instances, to keep. People around players, coaches, GMs. It's time to keep a group of people together. Let them overcome the dip and see where it can go. I think Sheldon Rankins, if I had my choice, he would be with the Jets next year. Give him a two-year contract, another another two-year contract, 10 million, 1 million, five to seven million dollars a year. You got to get that done, in my opinion. Now we got to sign Quinnen. But guys, you can't just give all your money to one guy and let everybody else be a schlub. Sheldon Rankins, while he's definitely not Aaron Donald, pretty damn good football player and it'd be nice to see this defensive line this core defensive line stay together for a while and actually start to bloom into something you see the potential let's see if they can bloom but there he is our player profile of the week Sheldon Rankin's and we'll come right out of that it's such it's just a such a crazy season man i can't even take it so much baloney so much hope and we're going to dissect a little bit of that with the news of the week. So obviously, the big, big news is the big, big game that we lost really, really big, right? We lost it. And it's gut-wrenching. And it's not like we lost it. And you're like, damn, it's so close. Like the Vikings, right? We lost that Vikings game. it was like, oh, come on. Oh, I can't believe it. This one was a a slow, just mm, painful murder. Yeah, and I poke you here, and I get you there. That's what it was. Now, the sad part about this loss to the Seattle Seahawks is that uh, it really all happened up front. You know, the team was able to, to, the defense, right, specials even a little bit, they were able to settle the game down, put the clamps on, And keep it manageable. Now, once again, the defense is talking about 23 points. You know, they've kind of kept teams in that little range, right? 18, 19, 21, 22, 20 points, 23. Like, that's kind of what they've been doing. And sad to say, the offense just hasn't been able to provide any support. But here's the biggest problem. I can defend anybody I want. I can make a case for anything. I really can. So can you. But here's the truth. The truth of it is that we walked out on that field, the same field that the Seattle Seahawks walked out on, and they were ready to fight for their playoff lives, and we were not. It was clear as day. Missed tackles, blown assignments, just like tackling with your head down. All that stuff was taking place. They We're under the impression, the Seahawks, that is, that if they lose this game, they are out of the playoff hunt. Think about this. You can tell when a team, you can just, this is one example of knowing who wants it more. When there's a linebacker, a safety, whoever, and they go to tackle the running back. They lay a pop and the running back decides to keep running because you didn't bring him to the ground. And the defensive back or linebacker is laying on their face. You want to know who wants it more? It's not hard to tell. That's what we saw today. Now, the box score looks like this. Now, you know, look, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a drubbing, but it felt like it was just like this season, technically speaking, is a success, but it doesn't feel like it is, does it? It's Soul. It's just gut wrenching, painful. And this game, we walked in with hope. And it was just like, you just watch it erode. Now in the first half, even the, the offense looked like they might be able to get something together. We have a drop pass over here. You got an interception over there. No call pass interference, maybe. That is what it is. And then you got another drop pass. Then he hits him in his hands over here. He's, uh, then he's throwing it up there. and it's, it's like it was was like close for a while. The offense looked close. But ultimately, no cigar. Whether it was CJ Uzoma having two drops, whether it was Corey Davis having yet another painful drop with the ball in his friggin' hands, or it was just Mike White showing that he's probably not it. Whatever that was, we couldn't get anything going. And no matter how tightly the defense clamped down after letting basically uh, 17 points. Uh, it just happened before you even, re- before we even realized we were playing. It was like 17-3 before we even knew what happened. It's just, it's really crazy to think that this was the team that was fighting for their playoff lives. It just didn't look like it. Not from the word go. It did not look like it. And that's the truth. What that means. What that means is up for debate, but I'm going to tell you what I think it means. It means that there's a failure on the coaching staff to keep players elevated, ready to play, understanding what it means to start from the word, from the snap, the first whistle. We've seen it numerous times this year. We've been called a second half team. Now that's great. It's great to have a team that really comes alive in the fourth quarter and can come back, or or, or in Buffalo, you know, we nailed it down with a long running drive. That's great. I love it. But a lot of the time, the reason we had to do that is because we are dead in the first quarter. We saw it again today. This was the one game. If you had to pick one game of this whole year that we were not supposed to come out flat, it was this one. This was the one we were uh, uh, emotionally eliminated against jacksonville that is apparent they got their souls sucked out of them against detroit and against the jaguars and that's it they had nothing left they showed up today and they were like huh oh, you were supposed to huh oh, why didn't you huh oh, What is was going on? well they can do i don't do that? oh. that's what it looked like the whole day you know what's interesting you know who in my opinion looked like they were playing the hardest? Was the offensive line that we were all throwing stones at all week. They weren't perfect by any stretch, but they're the ones that looked like they were actually busting their ass. So what what, what do we got here? Did we get killed? It was 23 to 6. Our offense has not been able to score a touchdown in in, uh, what, nine quarters now? Something like that. And we've only scored one since, one touchdown, I think. One or two since the Bears game. That's crazy. That's crazy. So, look, Geno Smith, our old pal, sucks. That's a, it's a little more salt. There you go. Oh, it hurts, it hurts. Oh, good, here. A little, just a little bit, a little salt. He goes uh, 18 of 29 for 183 yards. He has a 6.3-yard average, two touchdowns, zero picks. We did get to him four times, which is nice to see. Uh, He had a 103.1 quarterback rating, QBR. Now, on the opposite side of that, our guy, Mike F. White, who, look, we had to know. In the same way that we had to know with Zach, you know, there's a lot of fans saying we 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 should have pulled Zach earlier, maybe, but they gotta know. They have to at least have a strong feeling one way or the other about what they need to do, right? It sucks, but it's important. Mike White, we were we were hoping maybe the guy maybe the guy's right here, maybe the guy is right here. Wouldn't it be something? If the Jets could come up with the fifth round pick, a scrap heap quarter, wouldn't it be nice to think that we can get the guy and he ends up being our long term starter? Happens all the time, all over the place. Never for us. So why not? We were hoping and we had to see. Now, look, obviously, you know, people were yelling his ribs, his ribs. Yeah. I'd say it's pride's fair, fair point. Fair assessment to say that his ribs probably weren't a hundy, right? I'll say that's fair. That said, uh, that ain't enough to justify what I saw today. Okay, He looked lifeless. You know what it felt like? It felt like the Patriots game was Zach. It felt like the Denver game offensively was Zach. Except for Brees, of course. It felt like the Jaguars game with Zach. It felt like the entire second half of the Lions game. It felt the same. Outside of a couple drives in the first half, it felt as though we had no business being there. You know what I mean? Like, remember last year? We watched those games last year. And uh, the last few years together, we watched a lot of games together, us, you and I. <laughs> And uh, for the last couple of years, it seemed like our games were five hours long. Like you're just watching it. And two years ago, it was kind of fun because we got to root for losses. We were hoping to go 0 16 and uh, tank for Trevor, right? We were hoping to do that. We couldn't do that. And uh, you know, clearly it ended up being very, very important. Um, but so we watched these games and it's like, you're, you know, you're watching, watching, watching. We suck. It's 24 to three. And, and then you look. And there's like still seven minutes left in the third quarter. You think the game's over. Like, oh, my, how much is left in this shitty game? Oh, my God. It's still the third quarter? Oh, my God. That's what it felt like. It just felt like it It just it was lifeless. And that, to me, is another issue. Now, maybe his ribs. Maybe his ribs had something to do with it. And I'll tell you what. Yeah. It wasn't exactly 100% 100 by his uh, receiving core, whether it's tight ends, running backs, wide receivers. He didn't get exactly flawless help on that end. There were numerous drives killed by flat-out drops. And you can argue all day, every day. It was a hard catch. So what? So what? He's an NFL-wide receiver. It hits him in his hands. He's supposed to catch it. And I'm not talking about it hit his finger. That's not what we're talking about. Diving and it hits your fingertips. That's not what we're saying. What I am saying is that if you're like this, I don't care if you got to raise your hands. I don't care if you got to reach. for. I don't care if it's like this. I don't care if you got to turn a little bit. If it hits your, dude, that's that's NFL football, man. You got to catch it. So that didn't help either. There were drives killed by that stuff on more than one occasion. That all said, Mike White, it's looking like Mike White ain't it. Now, people are talking about starting Zach next week. I don't. I start Mike White again. I make sure, man. I already know what I got in Zach. All right? I, I I did this. Even Steve Young came out and said Zach is, is not the, you know, he needs to sit. He's regressing. There's no reason to have him out there. Sit him. It's a smart thing to do. Your emotions aside, it's a smart thing to do. Now, Mike White, you got to know. You got to put him out there again against the Dolphins and see what the hell this is. If he doesn't throw for 500 yards, it's done. It's a wrap. Now, maybe you can keep Mike White as your backup quarterback. Fine. But it's good to know, guys. Again, it sucks. I would much rather this season have seen either Zach or Mike White. Preferably Zach. But either one of them. Rise from the ashes and be the quarterback we've been waiting for since Chad. It's like Vinny, right? Vinny and Chad. That's the closest thing we've had. Kenny O. Sanchez. What is this? So since Chad. I would have loved, best case either one of them. But it's important to know if neither one of them are it. It's good to know now. And Zach's so young, you can still develop him, whatever. But let's be real, dude. I'm gonna tell you guys something. There's this argument going on between Jets fans. Some people are convinced Zach's done, some people are convinced he's done for the year, and you maybe next year, and you can develop him. And there are others that are stuck that none of this was Zach's fault, and that he's fine, and it's everybody else. No matter what side of that argument you're on, I'm going to share something with you. The next guy that comes in, you're supposed to root for him as a Jets fan, okay? The idea that you're gloating if Mike White fails is absurd. Do not even understand it. It's like you never, like you just got here. If you're a new fan and you're three years into this and that's more important, God bless you. 18+. God bless you, but cut the shit. Dude, he's the quarterback on the field. You're supposed to root for him, and I'm going to tell you this. Just because Mike White sucked today doesn't mean that sa- that somehow Zach didn't suck. Do you see that? Do you see that? The- it's like Zach, we, oh, we let him out there. He played. He played game after game after game after game without Brees Hall. He's won one, and AVT's won one game. Like, we, we know, we saw it. I don't know what his future holds, but for this year, you see it. Now, so what? So Zach has your heart. The next guy, as a Jets fan, we want to win the game. And Mike White sucking, which he did, doesn't mean that Zach didn't suck. I don't know how that can be the conclusion. How can that be where you land? The only thing that's in there is that you can honestly say that you've seen Michael Floor's offense in different hands all over the place, and maybe, just maybe, a lot of your angst can be directed toward him. Now That I'll give you. But nobody Now, Mike White didn't take Zach's hands and and throw the ball into the dirt. You know what I'm saying? Or throw it five yards over his receiver's heads. Like, we have to stop with this stuff. And I don't give a shit which quarterback is your fave. If you hated Zach because you didn't want to draft him, I didn't want to draft Zach Wilson. I still wanted him to be a success. Why? Imagine this. I'm a Jets fan. It's crazy. It's crazy crazy, isn't it? So here's the good news about this whole mess with Zach Wilson and Mike White is that the quarterback situation, and I would nail it home with Mike White against the damn Dolphins. We know what it is. And we won't blow another opportunity like getting a Derek Carr or a Minshew or an Aaron Rodgers or a Jimmy G or whatever your friggin' heart desires. Bringing a vet in here, somebody that we're not gonna have to endure and weather their rookie lumps again. Now we know we can do that, and that we should do that. Hey, you gotta spend ten more million or whatever the hell it is, then you were gonna. Sorry. It's either that or, or roll out another loser. That's, that's, that's the way it is. Another losing team. So that's the silver line. Now it sucks to how we had to get here, but that's the, that's the positive. Having a, a middling kind of almost, yeah, he's not good, but that and doing that for three, four years is worse, is worse. So it seemed like they ran all over us, didn't it? Seemed like it. Oh, no, they kind of did, but there was really one huge play. Like, so Kenneth Walker had a buck 33. He had a buck 33. So they had 200 yards rushing against us, but there was a 60 yard run right from the rip. What was that? Play two, play one, something like that. It was like the first play of the game. He had a 60-yard play. So you, you take that away, and you're talking about 130 overall yards. It's not that we're not great. It's not the worst thing in the world. The defense clamped. They did. They settled down. Do you know that we only gave them six points in the entire second half? And I don't want to hear this dumb shit that we hear all the time, that for some reason the Seahawks thought 17 points was enough, and they didn't play in the second half. They were playing. They were trying to win. The defense held them imperfectly, but that's what the defense did. They gave the ball back to the offense time and time and time again, and we had him back on the field in less than five minutes. And this is the thing. This has been the story of most of our losses. It's been the story. Now, once again, we had 17 rushes total. Ty Johnson had eight for 446, 5.8-yard average. Bam Knight had eight for 27 yards, to 3.4 yard average, and Michael Carter had one. This is a consistent thing with Michael man. He abandons the run 17-6. That's what we were Why are you not running the ball? They have the worst one of the worst passing or sorry, running defenses. Dude, we were eating 5-6 yards a clip. So what if one gets stuffed? It's bound to happen. Run it again. 17 runs in the whole game. As opposed to 46 plus four sacks, that's 50 passes again. We see this constantly. 50, 60, 44. What is this? It's like the more a quarterback struggles, the more we put it on his shoulders. It's almost as if Mike LaFleur wants to desperately see him come out of it. Instead of going, holy shit, that's a weak link. Let's move over here and use this strength. He doesn't do that. It's weird. So I'll tell you what, the tight ends, it's going to be interesting, man. We can't get out of either one of their contracts. Tyler Conklin ended up having a decent day. Uh, six receptions on six targets for him. It's about as good as you get. He had 80 yards. Uh, you had Uzoma. He had three receptions on seven targets. Targets. Two of those were flat-out drops. Now, the one was a, it wasn't a great throw. It was behind him, but it landed in his hands. All you got to do is go like this, and the ball's yours. That's it. Look at that. Oh, that's all you got to do. Elijah Moore had two receptions on two targets. For some reason, we can't. We just, I don't know. We don't know how to use Elijah Moore. He gets two, three looks a game. That's all. Garrett Wilson had three receptions on 11 targets. What do you make of that? Oh, my gosh. Uh, So, uh, Mims had uh, one target. That was the potential pass interference. The ball was five, six yards short. Mims had to come back. The guy ran into him. He couldn't get to the ball. Shit, that's a pass interference. I'm sorry to tell you. The other guy jumped in front of it and caught it, and it was a pick. But I tell you, man, at no time, other than, like, the way it felt, was this game out of reach until the end close. It was much of the game. We were one or two scores away. That's it. We couldn't get them. And this de- it wasn't, they weren't doing anything. I heard Rich Semini in his dramatic way in the, in the Sala press conference said, you know, this Seahawks defense has been struggling, but they look like the 86 bears. Why is that? The 86 bears. That's what we watched today. Didn't didn't they remind you of the 86 Bears today? Huh? Or did did they remind you of a team that was just just relishing in in the fact that we can't even complete a pass if he's open or not? Huh? How about that? 86 Bears. So, yeah, man. Now, look, there was all kinds of reports this week. Woody's upset. Woody's not. I know Woody can't be happy. Guess what? Nobody's happy. Not Joe Douglas, not Green Bean, Robert Sala, not Ryan from Jets Talk 24-7, man. None of us are happy. Garrett Wilson, I know he ain't happy. Sheldon Rankins, he's not happy either. C.J. Mosley already told us he gets pissed off watching the games on TV. C.J. Mosley had himself eight tackles, but I want to tell you what. Remember before when I was saying about the running back and running off... One of the plays that popped in my head was when Kenneth Walker flat out ran C.J. Mosley over. That's the stuff that hurts my heart. I was saying this to the beanbaggers earlier. Like, touchdowns, yeah, of course, you know, get, getting burned or sacks, all that stuff sucks. The thing that really kills me, like more than anything else, is when you're linebacker. The linebacker in particular. Could be defensive lineman, could be safety too, but lineback- linebackers are supposed to be your snarling beasts. And for, and in many respects, C.J. Mosley is that. But he ran in, Kenneth Walker met Kenneth Walker head-on, C.J. Mosley's head bounced backwards, he stopped Kenneth Walker in his tracks, but C.J. Mosley went down, and Kenneth Walker kept running. That's called getting run over. And It hurts. It hurts to watch. It does. Now, we know the report about Woody was baseless, found That doesn't mean there's not truth in it. The reason that some of those things resonate is because it's very easy to take something that's likely and say that you have a source and kind of be close to the mark. It's easy. It's an old trick. You know what I mean? Anybody can do that. So you can see nobody's going to like losing six of seven or whatever the fuck this is. I gotta tell you, I don't know. I don't know where it's gonna go. This one felt. This is what it just sucks. It felt. It feels like I was talking to somebody a little bit earlier. It's like we're we're talking about quarterbacks and we're talking about this that. See, you know what? You know what just sucks. This feels the exact same way as it felt when it's time to start over. Now, I don't think that's necessarily the case, but that's how it feels. That's how it felt. The Jaguars' game, this game, it just feels the same. And it sucks for us as Jets fans. I hate to see us cannibalizing you. I hate it. I hate to see us like turn the guns on ourselves ha! Ah, you, you're the, I hate it. I hate seeing it. I hate gloating when a player on the jet sucks and you're somehow happy about it. I don't understand it. I can't stand it. It bothers the living shit of me. I wish we wouldn't do that to each other. With all that aside, even without that, just you in the game as a fan and you'll feel it. This is a tough one. Six and two, seven and four. Seven and four. We're seven and eight. It's a tough game, man. Tough game to lose. And those are overarching feelings. And that is the news of the week. Remember, remember how much fun we were having? Everybody saying that the Jets, yeah, you didn't play anybody, mean Remember all that? We were like, screw you, man. Let us enjoy something for once. Remember that? Seems like years ago. Now, here we are. Currently, I think we're at, said that we were at the 11th pick. I saw something else It said we're at pick nine. Sheesh. Here I was. I thought we were picking in the 20s. We're talking about a potential top 10 pick again? Sheesh. I can't stand it. And it's a funny thing, man. Like, you got, there's got to be a reason, right? There's got to be people to blame. There has to be someone, a reason for it. And for that dissection, we'll get into the intelligent gripe. Right? i tell you what, there's a lot of Jets fans. I looked at um, a couple of my feeds, I saw the word fire. Dozens of time. I'm talking a quick peruse, man. Fire, 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 fire. Fire this guy, fire that guy. Fire or cut, right? Cut. These are the guys that need to be cut. This is the guy that needs to get fire. This is it. And how do you hell you not feel anything else? How do you feel anything other than that? Right? How? It's tough. Now, Jets fans, our experience leads us to believe that firing is the thing to do. You got to get rid of the guys. Adam Gase, you got to get him out of my life. Mike McKagan, he's got to get out of my life. Bob Bowles, get him out of my life. Casey Rogers, get out of here. Right? Ritz Kote, get out of my life. Sam Donald, get him out of my life. Jamal Adams, I hate him. Get him out of my life. How has that worked? That's what we have to ask ourselves. How has that worked? One of the things that the Jets uh, have had trouble doing is keeping an organization together for more than any length of time. Even the teams, like, so you look at Rex. Rex Ryan was hired in 2009 and made it to 2000 and, uh, what, 14, 15, 14. So he had six years here. You say, oh, the Jets gave him six years. No, they didn't. They gave Rex... Six years. He had numerous offensive coordinators. Three. He had numerous GMs. Two. Numerous. I mean, other staff members. How long was Petten here? Defensive coordinators. Two. Petten left in 2012. He chose not to resign and we chose not to resign him or whatever it was. His contract ended and he went to Buffalo. Remember? So that's not keeping an organization together. We had Schottenheimer, we had Sperano, we had Martin Marty Morningwig. There was a tumult in that organization. Oh, what about Todd Bowles? Todd Bowles replaced Rex. He was here four years. We gave him four years, didn't we? Maybe you can look at it that way. Or you can look at the fact that I say this all the time. He had three offensive coordinators in uh, four years. Three. Two of which were retired when he hired them. Right? I say it all the time. It just boggles the mind. What about GMs? Well, since 2013, we had four. Four GMs! Right? We had Tanny, Idzik, McAdoodles, and JD. Four. So... I understand the idea of firing people. The good news, the saving grace on our side, is that what have any of the guys that we fired really done? I mean, Mike Pettin made it to be a head coach. You know the Schottenheimer did. He's had a long storied career as an offensive coordinator. They cut him from Seattle last year. I don't know where he is today, I don't know. But you know, he's been a success. Martin, Marty Morningweg was the offensive coordinator of the Ravens for a bunch of years. He had plenty of success there. At least I think. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like, you know, McKagnon. Who's heard of McKagnon, right? Idzik. Idzik, he's a success in his real career. He's not supposed to be a GM. He's a numbers guy. His contracts. He went down to the Jags. He's doing fine, whatever the hell he's doing. But he's, he's, he's working. He's fine. Todd Bowles, he's a head coach of uh, the Bucks, and they won – it won this week, which is crazy, but they're—I mean—they're I mean, they're not exactly what they were. Their expectations were—they're going to sneak in the playoffs, and who knows? Once you get in, you get in, right? You never know what anybody can do once you're in, but it does not you know—it's a thing. But he's been successful as an offensive coordinator. But Rex, two years as a head coach up there in Buffalo, he failed. He's an announcer. Tannenbaum went down to Miami, flopped down there, and then he's now he's a whatever he is. You know? I mean? So for the most part, these not like we fired these guys and they went on to become greatness. But the truth is, before f- hiring many of them, they were there was a lot of concerns like why are you even hiring this guy? So that's the problem. With Robert Sala, LaFleur, Ulbricht, oh, you gotta do, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta gripe. Who knows if he was ready to be a defensive coordinator. But interestingly enough, he's the one kind of doing the best right now. But nobody really had any question about Robert Sala being a head coach, good head coach, and LaFleur being an offensive mind. Nobody had those questions. Joe Douglas, he was the next general manager up. He was definitely getting a general manager job, no doubt. He signed a six-year deal here because he knows this is a complete shit show and he needs time to fix it. Right, So we know that. We're going into year four now. We're about to hit four. I think he has three years, three drafts. Joe Douglas has had. So this year it will be his fourth. So the idea that we just somebody shows that they struggle and you fire them, it's not, it's not exactly working out for us. It's not. Now some of the players, you know, they're young. We fire them. We we cut them. There's guys going on to success. I mean, like just popped in my head. What Jason Pinnock. He, we cut him this year. He's still, he's doing fine with the Giants. There's, there's guys, you know, Sam Darnold. He's looking, he's looking like he might be clawing back for his career. Right. But I think I'm a fan of something here. I'm just as frustrated as anybody else, dude. Again, 40 years just because I'm not smashing my guitar against my TV doesn't mean I'm not upset. Upset. We're going to look the same when we're upset. Like I said, last week, I had somebody tell me they were sickened by my lack of anger. It's like that made them sick, which makes me it's very, very sad. I, clearly, I don't want to make anybody sick. That's terrible. That's t- I'm sorry. I should be angrier so you don't get sick. But it's like, you know, of course we're upset. Of course. Now, I'm not going to point at a Jets fan and say it's your fault. I'm not going to say the Mike White supporters, somehow it's their fault. I'm not going to say the Zach Wilson guys, somehow it's their fault. Of course, it's not our fault. Now, you can make a case that, you know, the toxicity shit, telling him to kill himself, and that's not helping, right? Can't be helping. It's not helping. There's no way for it to help. When you look at this staff, They've shown, I mean, if you just take the team, this staff versus the other staffs, we're already on the upward. Now, it sucks that we had a late season collapse, man. There's no sugar for it. But when you just remove the dynamics and you just look about the core players, about the buy-in, about the record, about what's going on around here, the drama, much less drama, and all—we're still embarrassing because we're we embarrassed. So there's this idea like we chop Lafleur's head off, and maybe we do. But again, when I watch the All 22, I tell you guys this: kind, when I watch it, it's not to say I love every call. I don't. But let me tell you, man, there are dozens of plays left on the field with a, with plenty of time and a wide open receiver. And the quarterback either doesn't see them, doesn't throw it or throws it high or too low, like into the dirt. It happens constantly. And the truth is while that's more Zach than anybody else, in fairness, Zach played the most games. It happened with Flacco. It happened with Mike White recently mike white was significantly better up until today but still it happens it happens when you look at that and you think all right let's let's reshape this and you take you go okay if i had this quarterback let's just say 65% completion percentage what does that do here cuz our quarterbacks are in the 50s just over half of their shit but when you think about somebody let's just say 65 you know percent completion percentage What does that do to this offense? The guys are open. So if we hit them 65% of the time instead of 54% of the time, 55% of the time, what does that do to the offense? What does that do to LaFleur? Do we have the same angst? And I got to be honest, as I try to gather my thoughts and make sense of all this, I got to tell you, I don't know. I don't think... That we're having the same conversation. And I'm not telling you I love LaFleur. I'm not defending him. I'm trying to look at this logically. I'm trying. Who do I support? Where does my ire go? The one thing I know is that the Jets, the fans have wanted people fired every 15 minutes. The Jets have fired dozens of people over the years not one time has it actually worked so i'm thinking maybe we try a different route and the route might just be let's give these guys the keys and ride even in the valleys and see if we can get back to the peaks let's ride with them let's support them and let's see what ha- let's let them fix it and overcome the issues they've overcome some and others Like the injuries to the offensive line, it caught up with us. There's no doubt. The quarterback, again, we're getting 50% quarterback play. What if somebody threw 68% completion percentage? 70, holy shit. What happens then? Because then the defense is not on the field. They Take two, three drives against the defense off the field. Everything changes. So for me, I'm getting tired of firing everybody and starting over. It's not to say we're not going to talk about it all offseason. We'll talk about it. But I'm tired of it, man. I'm tired of firing everybody. Why don't we just, we have a group of guys. Clearly, they know the game of football. Again, LaFleur, for all the shit that I don't like about him, when I look at the film, there's guys open all over the place. The designs are working. Now, whether or not he can develop a quarterback, it doesn't look like he can. So why don't we get a vet? Somebody he doesn't need to develop. And let's see where this goes. Whether it's Carr, Minshew, Rodgers, again, who cares? Somebody that we don't need to coddle and bring in their favorite quarterback coach. Just make you feel comfy. Yeah, thank you. This is nice. And I think things might just be different the way we've been doing it isn't working maybe it's time we support somebody and roll through the hard times and do it together number one without fucking destroying each other number two without writing dms to people's mothers waiting outside their job to hurl insults Maybe we can tone all that down, flip it, and support a team that is clearly making progress even through this shit that we had to deal with the last five, six weeks. Maybe, just maybe, that's the ticket, and that's what we do. Remember the Jaguar fans that came over to our chat saying, shit, man, we supported T-Law through the difficult times. You guys threw your guy over laughing at us. Listen to you guys. Listen to you. We supported him through the difficulties. That's what they were saying. I'm not saying right or wrong. That's what the Jaguars fans were in our chat saying. Try supporting your guys. Maybe that, maybe that's the ticket. And maybe it is. Again, tired of firing. Let's get to work and actually support somebody through the dark times and not go to pieces because it's difficult. Huh? I don't know how smart that is, but that's the intelligent gripe. Yeah, man. Seven and nine, huh? So what do we do? Are we rooting for draft position? Or are we rooting for a sweep of the Miami Dolphins who gives a shit? What are we doing? Are we rooting for draft position? Or are we going to make it through an entire season rooting for our team to win? I know where I am. I know where I am. And listen, for all the negatives of this second half of this shit season, it'd be real nice to see them grab one, just a shred, one handful of positivity before it's a wrap. Just one little nugget. One ray of sunshine in a very dark period. I'm rooting for the Jets to beat the Miami Dolphins. Tua, no Tua, Skyler, Teddy. I don't give a shit who it is. I want to see the Jets win. I'd like to get to eight and nine. Get to eight wins for the first time since 2015 and see where this goes. Guys, I'm sad too. I'm friggin' angry too. I'm, I'm very disappointed. But again, there's a way to handle this and there's a way to be ridiculous. We got to make our own choice. Thank you for watching. Have yourself a great rest of the week. Let's go into this year. Let's start New Year tomorrow. Huh? Let's start New Year after this game. Yeah, that's a good idea. Have a great week, everybody. I'll see you next time. And as always, Go Jess.